Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album the author of the book Tuesdays with Maury, which this week turned 25 years old. This is the birthday week of Tuesdays with Maury. Uh, it's publication, it's initial publication. 25 years later, it now is considered the best-selling memoir of all time. I can tell you that was not what we planned when I wrote it 25 years ago, and it was not what the publisher was anticipating when it first came out. But we're glad to have you joining us as you do every week, hopefully, because the book still resonates. The lessons that I learned alongside my old, old college professor while he was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease still resonate. And I'm happy to continue the tradition, even though he's no longer here to share it with us. Lisa Goitz is alongside my producer and friend who's enthusiastic response when I suggested, hey, what if we were to do a podcast of some of the things that Maury taught me uh, was part of the reason I ended up doing this podcast. Because if Lisa had said, eh, eh, that's kind uh, of... I would have never said, eh. Well, if you had, I would have probably thought that's not such a great idea. Yeah, I never would have. I, I, I remember that day perfectly. I was in Detroit and we were sitting at a little window table at the Renaissance Center Hotel lobby. And, uh, and I'm like, ooh, Mitch wants to have a meeting. What could this possibly be about? And when you told me, I was so excited, <laughs> just like well, I am today. It was a very, it was very welcome news at a, a good time in my life. So, and look at here we are, three years later almost, and uh, and it's 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 kind of changed my life a little bit. This show, I have to say, like, really, it, yeah, it really has. It's, um, I sure do think about things a lot differently. I think I treat people differently. I, uh, operate a little differently. I, I see the importance of things that are important that, you know, um, maybe before I would, you know, not prioritize things properly, I guess. Now I, I seem to put better priorities on things that are really important mm. in life. So I, I, I credit you and Maury with my transformation. <laughs> Well, I think you're giving me too much credit, but okay, thank you. Uh, meanwhile, today, uh, I want to just share with you in a, in a brief podcast um, some thoughts on the 25th anniversary of this publication that coincides with the fact that I'm going to be taking four of our kids from our orphanage in Haiti up to college on Thursday. I'm going to be moving them into their dorms. And it seems it seems quite fitting that on this anniversary of a book about a college professor and his former student that I am going to be taking kids to college huh. and, 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 and getting them to start their journey. Um, 
I'm going to play you a little clip from our conversations, Maury and mine, about his last semester at Brandeis University. He had already been diagnosed with ALS. He was already suffering from its effects and was already um, having difficulty walking. In fact, he had someone from his hospice team helping him. Here is how Maury recollected that final first day of class. So when you first walked into the classroom, you walked in with Tony? No, Tony stayed outside. Stayed outside. He helped me up the stairs. I went into the classroom. Got to the door and you walked in with your cane. Right. And w were the kids already in class? They could make the announcement, get over it, and go on. Was it the first thing that you said? Right at the beginning? How did you say it? I said, I assume you're all here for the social psychology seminar. And it's been a course I've been teaching for some 20 odd years. And this is the first time that I can say, or that I have to say, that I may not be able to finish the semester because I have ALS and it's a fatal disease. So if you feel, you know, that you need to be sure about that, then maybe you shouldn't take the course. That's it. Mm -hmm. And we pass out the reading list, get people to pick their topics, Go on. So that's a pretty stunning opening, isn't it? Yes. That would be pretty interesting to, uh, to, to experience. And that was Maury's last first day. Last wow. first day. Yeah. Wow. Now, when you who are listening to us, or if you have kids who are going to college, or if you're listening and going to college, what what can you look for? What should you try to find in that college experience? What do you want to tell your kids to look for if they're the ones that are going off to college? Well, I think if you could tell them, look for a Maury. Look for a person who believes in you. Now, what did, what did I see in Maury? I, I remember I saw him the very first day of classes, I've told this story before. I took, I signed up for his class. It was intro to sociology or something like that, you know, basic concepts of sociology, whatever it was. I had signed up for it ahead of time. I didn't know who he was. I walked to the classroom. And when I entered the classroom, there were nine kids in the class. And I originally said to myself, uh-uh, nine kids. This is way too small a class. If I cut it, they'll know I'm not here. You know, this is too small. If I cut so, it. Yeah, I, well, love I, was that already, was... I was already thinking about, you know, if I sleep in too late, <laughs> if I cut it, if I miss it. I, I, you know, I, 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 I like those big, you know, 400 people classes where you could yeah. sit in the back and uh, they would never know if you were there or not. Nobody talks to you. Nobody looks at you. Nobody points at you or expects anything of you. And they don't, they don't call roll. Yeah, so right. that's the most important thing. So um, I was actually 
leaving to drop the class. I turned around and was walking out of the room to drop the class. I kind of pretended like, oh, I found it by mistake or something. And Maury began to call roll. And one of the things that you can't escape when your last name begins with A is that you're not going to get away quickly enough when they call roll. And so I heard him say, Mitchell album. Now, here's what's really interesting. I could have kept walking. He didn't know who I was, didn't know what I looked like, right? So if I had just kept walking, I would have dropped the class. And I promise you, I would not be here with you today. We would not be having this podcast. I wouldn't be who I am. You might not even know me, Lisa. That's how many things wow. have changed based on that decision to walk down the hall and continue to um, continue to drop the class or to turn around, which is what I did, and slide back in and raise my hand and say, here, which is yeah. what I did. Out of guilt, I want to say, out of guilt, I slid back in and I said, here. And I remember what he said to me next. Is it Mitch or Mitchell? Which do you prefer? Now, that doesn't mean anything to any of you listening, I'm sure. But when you have a name like mine, you can be Mitch, you can be Mitchell, you can be Mitchy. It depends on what people call you. And so I said to him, well, Mitch, my friends call me Mitch. And he said, Mitch it is. And Mitch? And I said, yeah. He said, I hope one day you'll think of me as your friend. Ah, that, that makes was, me cry. That was the first Aww. encounter that I had with Maury. That was the first encounter that I had with Maury. And did so that when, sell you? Did that sell you then? You were like, wow, I think I might like this guy. I think I well, might like I, this class. I knew cutting the class was out of the question. <laughs> so, uh, but that began this incredible relationship that we ended up having that I ended up taking every class that he offered. I ended up majoring in sociology because I had all those credits. I ended up writing my honors thesis with Maury, not because I was really all that interested in writing an honors thesis, but it was a chance to, I had taken all his classes. There was nothing left to take, but here I could spend, you know, every week with him. And Tuesdays was the day that we met, uh, talk, you know, crafting an honors thesis. And it gave us a chance to visit and, and, and sit around and have lunch and walk around campus. And, and so from that very first beginning, when he just said this off the cuff, kind of, I hope one day you'll think of me as your friend. That opened the door for me as a young man off to college. And I look at our kids now who are going off to college and they're, they're hungry for leadership. They're hungry for you know, someone to guide them. They're, they're looking for help too. And if they could find somebody like Maury who will take them under their wing and say, hey, don't worry about it. Everything is going to be okay. You're, you're, you're all right. These are questions that you're asking. All, all kids are asking these questions. That's what Maury did. That's, that's why he was such a good professor. Not because he was so learned at sociology, which he was. I don't mean to discount. You know, he's very academic. He loved citing books and, and, and different authors and their works. And, and, you know, Maury himself had done a lot of research in his life, uh, at, at a mental hospital. He worked for a stretch of time and, 
uh, you know, he'd written papers and done all the academic stuff. But the thing that separated him was how involved he was willing to get with his students, how personal he was willing to get with them. And if your child can find a teacher who makes them feel like it's okay to start growing up, it's okay to be an adult, it's okay to have your own thoughts and, and, and you know, find your way, then you want them to embrace a teacher like that. Tell them to go and spend some office hours with that teacher. Drop by that, that teacher's office when they're available to talk. See if that teacher would meet them for a cup of coffee and have a conversation. This is, this is the thing about college that people often uh, don't take advantage of because they think, I just want to get my grade and get out of here and you know, get my job and all. But, but professors are there. And good ones will make time to visit with students and talk to them, not just about their academic progress, but about their life, questions that they're, that they're facing. You know, did you have anybody like that at, at school or along the way? Um, one of the t professors I had that ended up being that kind of professor to me wasn't until later, but he was my toughest professor I had. I flunked my first class with him because I took a 400 level class in my freshman year, which I never should have done, but it looked easy in the book, but it wasn't. Um, there was a lot of prep that I needed to do prior to that, that, uh, oops, I didn't do, but, um, I just thought he was so hard and kind of scary and kind of mean. And later on, he ended up being the best guy. He just recently, um, reached out to me to join their broadcast and cinematic arts group on Facebook. And he included me and a profile of me in his textbook. Hmm. How about that? I'm in a textbook. What are the chances? I'm in a textbook for the class that I flunked my freshman year. Uh, <laughs> wow. I mean, it, it just goes to show you, but he ended up becoming like this really cool guy who, you know, it's intimidating. I think when you're in, when you go to college, professors are intimidating, right? Because you think, Ooh, like, especially if you're in a big lecture hall, you know, it's that guy over there that, you know, they loom right. so large and smart. And I don't know if, if as a kid, I would have had the gumption to go up to them ask afterwards and say, Hey, you want to go have some coffee with me? I don't even know Ooh. how you would approach that. How do you? Well, sometimes, well, sometimes the professors do it for you. We'll be back with more Tuesday people right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Rachel Yucatel, and I'm here to invite you to listen to my podcast, Misunderstood with Rachel Yucatel. This podcast delves into the lives of those who have been reduced to a single headline. Each episode will take a closer look at the stories of those who are on a mission to change their narrative. Join me as we uncover the truth behind the misconceptions, shed light on the stories of those who have perhaps been wrongfully portrayed, explore the complexities of the human experience, and celebrate the power of second chances. Who doesn't love a good comeback story?
There are over 90,000 people missing at any time, and over half a million are reported missing every year. And that's just in the United States. I'm Mike Morford. And I'm Jess Betancourt. And in our podcast, Missing Persons, we discuss cases of people who have gone missing under mysterious circumstances. And we're joined in each episode by guests who are either related to the missing person, investigating their disappearance, or advocating for answers in the case. Missing Persons is available everywhere you listen to podcasts, and there are dozens of episodes to binge on right now. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. Listen to this little section of conversation that I don't think I have ever shared with anybody before. I don't, until this show, I really don't even remember saying this. And I had to go back and listen to it on the tape to, to realize we had this. This was me uh, talking to Maury about how I never really planned on doing much with college because I was, you know, I was going to be a musician and I really was going to school just to kind of please my parents. And I was trying to get it over with. And so certainly wasn't looking for somebody like him. But listen to this. This is very revealing of the way that, I, you know, by this point, I was kind of being very open with Maury. And, and listen to how he reacted. I'm not sure that I realized during those years when they were happening, you know, what, uh, what, how much I needed what you provided there. You know, I don't think... I think I went to college thinking, well, this is supposed to, something I'm supposed to do. Uh, I want to be a musician, so I don't really need it as much as it's supposed to. I was always planning for the day when I was done with being educated and just going to get into music. Um, and I've always been one of those good kids that did what their parents told right, them to do. Right, that was you know? clear, right. So uh, you were about the only person in an authority figure in an authority position at uh, that school that I was able to really sort of talk about other things besides just the nor- what you're supposed to be there right, for. Right. You know, all my other professors I talked about, what do I have to do to, to do the paper to get the grade? Right. I never talked to any of them about life or outside or whatever. Right. None. None. You were the only one right. the whole time at Brandeis that I ever had a discussion yeah. like that with. I think you're the only one that I ever went to see in his office. Except for, you know, when you were called in right. or something like that, or you had a problem. Right. I used to stop by, I used to drop in your door, just put my, I remember, right. I used to put I, my head in your door and I I'd remember. see you, and you were, your, cor- your desk was in the left, cor- far left corner, right. and I'd see you in your little turtlenecks, you always right. wore those same turtlenecks, That's over and right. over, dark green turtleneck, I right. remember you in all the time, like a forest right. green turtleneck. And you'd be sitting over there, and if I saw you by yourself, you had like rugs on the floor, it's kind of like a warm right. office. And I'd say, I'd say, hey, coach, you know, da, 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 da. I remember that. You know, and you'd spin around, hey, what are you doing? Come on in, you know. And then we just shoot the shit, you know. And I kind of liked that because you were, you were older, but I could be friendly with you. Yeah, I was very informal. Yeah. You didn't have to worry about the fact that I was, quote, the teacher. But you see, it's interesting you said that because my view it was that here's a young man who really has a good set of brains that really needs development. And I could see that you weren't all that keen about doing that because you had your mind on other things and you're just coming, as you said, to college to go through it. And I'm saying to myself, hey, 
there's something to be developed here. And it'll be a shame for you to go away feeling the same way you came here. Mm -hmm. It would have been a waste, you know? So my intention, whether it was conscious or unconscious, was to slowly draw you in to the fact there was a lot to be known and understood, and it wasn't any, uh, shall I say, diminishing you. So here you can see Maury remembers, isn't it interesting, Maury remembers 16 years, well actually it was, it was 20 years after he had met me, he still remembered my coming in to his office, he still remembered thinking, here's a kid who's, you know, could use my help. And, and, and he didn't say, here's a kid who I can pass on the fundamentals of sociology to. And uh, he said, here's somebody who's, who's going to waste his time here if I don't help put him on a better path. Right. He was spot on, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He was. And look at the difference that he made ultimately in my, in my life. Look at the difference that one teacher can make in your life. Look at the difference he made years later, because the really good teachers, the ones that you want your kids to meet, you want your kids to get involved with the college, they're going to have an effect on them for years to come. There's a professor at Madonna University right now here in Michigan who befriended some of our kids at the orphanage who are attending school there. And he's a science teacher. And he's made friends with these kids and, and kind of taken them under the wing a little bit. And he ended up coming down to Haiti with us uh, a couple months ago. Yeah. And spending a week at the orphanage teaching science classes. Okay. That's amazing. He, yeah. They learned from him and he learned from them by going to see what their life yeah. was about. Where they came from. Exactly. And then further could it, teach these other kids. That's a good professor. They came, they came to America and brought back a college professor. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> hey, look who we got with us. Yeah. We stole them. Yeah. And, and that's, it's incredible. And so these are when, when the relationship works between teacher and student, these are the kind of things that you, that, that result. These are the kind of things that, that, that wonderful things, wonderful developments that come out of it. And it would be a shame not to have something like that during four years of college. So I was so lucky on that day that I did not drop the class. I was lucky that Maury said, is it Mitch or Mitchell? Which do you prefer? Yeah. I, 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 was, I was lucky that he saw something in me and decided that he wanted to put in the time with me. Yeah. And I was lucky that all those years later, he didn't have he didn't hold it against me that I hadn't stayed in touch. He still, after I came back and I remember saying to him, why did you let me come back? Why did you give me all this time? I wasn't a very good student in that, you know, I wasn't, I didn't stay in touch with you those 16 years. I'm sure there were other people who did, you know, why didn't they rank higher than me? And even then he said, because I could sense you needed something from me. And I could give it to you. you. He said, you hide your light under a bushel. That was, he said it in Yiddish. And he said, that, meaning like the better part of you, you don't let other people see. And you're not, you know, you kind of put your worst foot forward. 
And he said, and I, you know, that reminded me of me when I was younger, he said, and I, I still wanted to affect you. So all those years later, even as he was dying, he was still, still interested in improving me, making me better. That's, these are the great teachers. That, that's the characteristic of the wonderful teachers. When they, no matter what, they just want to make you better. Yep. They want to make a student better. Yeah, that's that's really something. You know, just talking about this now, it makes me wish I could go back and um, maybe befriend some of my professors. I think it also would help you understand your classes better or those that are involved in your major, you know, to just help guide you and internships. I never had any of that. Like I, I didn't have, you know, I never had an, a proper internship or anything, mm -hmm. you know, that kids these days that's everybody goes my my friends kids are in barcelona you know that's where they go for for internships during the summer and i'm like i didn't even know that barcelona existed when i went to school in mount pleasant michigan mm. <laughs> um it's just different you know well maury uh told me when, when one of our conversations about the connections that he would make with kids like myself and I thought he said it best here when I asked him about, you know, why did you bother to get involved with kids besides just telling them what pages to read in the book and when the test was going to be? And this is what he said. If I felt the connection, I would make the time because that was my life, you know. It's like, that's my career. That's what I'm there for. And now I'm getting those things back, all these students writing me, how I, important I was in their life. So I had a great opportunity, right. and I had to use it. So isn't it interesting how everything came full circle? Maury yes. put the time in with his students, never knowing what that was going to lead to. Like with me, after I graduated, I didn't stay in touch. He might have thought, well, I didn't accomplish much with Mitch because I haven't heard from him. But yet at the end of his life, here we were so connected, and through Tuesdays with Maury, now 25 years old, the book, Maury's been able to live on in so many worlds and countries and languages because one student, me, was able to be welcomed back by him all those years later. So he says, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. And, and when teachers say, that's what I'm here for, to make the connections with the students, those are the teachers you want to get involved with. So yeah. if your child can find somebody like that, one of those classes that says, you know, I'm here to make connections with you all, take advantage of it, go for it, because it's such a rich, wonderful relationship that can yield so many amazing results. So as we celebrate the 25th anniversary of the book and the 25th anniversary of a story about a man who just a few years earlier had his last first day of school here on the first day of school for many people, young people who are going to college, like the kids I'm taking to college in a couple of days, it comes full circle. And if you've ever had a teacher who makes you feel special, who sees you as, a, as an unpolished jewel that with a little work can come to a real hard shine, then You'll never forget those teachers if you take the time to get involved with them, as I've never forgotten mine. And I hope this is a, a bit of an inspiration for anybody who's listening, who's going to college, anybody who's 
listening who's got kids going to college or any teachers out there who are going back to the campus to teach the students in college. It means something. It's an important relationship. Might not know it at the time, but that kid that you say, is it Mitch or Mitchell, which do you prefer? You may just be starting a connection that'll change a life and a lifetime. Beautiful. So thanks for your attention today. And thanks for everything all of you have done to make Tuesdays with Maury the embraced story that it has been. I, I'm very humbled and, and still in total disbelief that 25 years later, I'm still talking about this book, but uh, I'm happy to do so. And we'll continue to do so as we go on with the podcast. Uh, if you like what you heard, check us out at wetuesdaypeople.com. Previous podcasts, discussion groups, and the like are there. On behalf of Lisa Goitsch, who produces this program, until we have a conversation again, I'm Mitch Album on the 25th anniversary, saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday people.